Welcome to Divine Inspiration by Dontisha James. Today we're going to talk about are you equipped? Yes, are you equipped? When I talk about equipped, I am not talking about any of the material things of this world. Are you equipped as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? Being equipped is learning how to become a disciple and learning to the prompts of the Holy Spirit. As I become a full-time minister of the gospel, I've been being in ministry school and learning about God in the revelation of the inspired word of God in the Bible. And to say that as a minister, when I wake up and, and the Lord has given me a new day, I am thankful. I thank God when I woke up, not just, not just about life, but also about him, how, how, um, prayer, I mean, have prayer times and definitely reading the word, definitely reading the Bible, worshiping the Lord. For me to be a disciple, I can't only hear the words of the Bible, but I have to put it into action as well. Living according to God's standards, his morale standards with the help of the Holy Spirit. All Christians should learn and grow to be a disciple. We are not just called to be a part-time disciple. Let me say that sentence again. We are not just called to be a part-time disciple. We have to be equipped to fight against the enemy enemy and to listen to the prompts of the Holy Spirit as he lead us and guide us on our journey of life until we go, until we leave this earth and go home to heaven where we belong. Are you ready to get into the word of God? Let's get into the word of God. We're going to go into Ephesians chapter four, and we're going to go into verse 11 through 13. And this is what the word of God says. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attending to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And so Apostle Paul indicates here that one of the foremost purposes for which Christ gives gifted leaders to the church is for them to train, equip, and prepare the whole body of Christ to do the work of the ministry. Paul teaches that unity of the spirit and the unity of the faith are maintained and be in perfect, perfected by number one, accepting only the faith and message of the New Testament apostle, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Number two, growing in the grace, advancing towards spiritual maturity and growing up in all expectations to Christ, being filled with the fullness of Christ in God. Number three, no longer being children who accept every uh, wind of doctrine, but also instead have a knowledge of the truth by which to reject the false teachers. Number four, holding and speaking the revealed truth of scriptures in love and number five, living in righteousness and true holiness. What is righteousness? What is righteousness? Righteousness is a holy and upright living in accordance with God's standards. Righteousness is a morale concept. We cannot be righteous in the sight of God in our own merits, in our own doing. Therefore, people must have God's righteousness imputed or transformed to us. The cross of Jesus is a public demonstration of God's righteousness. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 6, in the messenger version, says this. Answer this question. Does the God who lavishly provides you with his own presence, his Holy Spirit works things in your life you could never do for yourself? Does he do, do these things because of your strength? I mean, because of your strength, 
Um, yeah, Stratus, no, because of your Stratus, Morel striving are because you trust him to do them in you. Don't these things happen among you just because as they with, um, as happen just because, sorry, as they happened with Abraham, he believed God and that an act of belief was turned into a life that was right with God. We do not become righteous because of our inherent goodness. God sees us righteous because of our identification by faith with his son, Jesus Christ. So what is holy? Holy is a moral, moral and ethical wholeness of our perfection freedom from moral evil. Holiness is one of the essential elements of God's nature, required of his people. Holiness may, be, may also be rendered sanctification or godliness. The theme of sanctification or growing into God's likeness and being consecrated for his use is prompting throughout the Bible, like Jesus the Apostle taught that sanctification or true holiness expresses itself in patience, in love, in service while awaiting the Lord's return. Peter urges the suffering Christians of the Roman Roman empowered to follow God's example of holiness in their trials. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 says this. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves in all your conducts. Um, be set apart from the world by your godly character and moral, um, moral courageous. And so God, excuse me, God's moral nature is the ultimate standard of moral goodness. He is by nature loving, generous, just faithful and kind. The Lord's standards of morality is repentance. The first step to living a moral clean life is to repent of our past transgressions. God approves um, of right actions because they are right and he disapproves of wrong actions because they are wrong. The moral law is the work of the divine wisdom in his principles that all others steam from is loving God with all your heart soul, mind and strengthen loving your neighbor as yourself. And so it's kind of challenge for us, for us to be equipped if we don't equip ourselves. That's why it's so important for us to equip ourselves as disciples to learn about ourselves and learn about our God. So we able to be able to not just only be hearers of the word, but be a doer of the word with our actions. So what God's trying to do is equip us within ourselves so it can affect us who we are on the outer being. So let's get back into the word of God. Let's go into Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20 through 21. And this is what the word of God says. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the internal covenant brought back from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And so these two verses include two, two significant resorts of Christ's death and resurrection. God works in us to make us the kind of people that will please him. He equips us to do the kind of work that will please him. Let God change you from within, then use you to help others. Joyce Meyer says this prayer. Father, I pray that you will strengthen, complete, and perfect me, that you will make me what I should be, that you will equip me with everything good to carry out your will while your work in me to accomplish what is pleasing in your sight. 
See, God is equipping us to be like him. He wants us to be like the church, not the standards of the world. See, we get so caught up. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you left the corporate job. I can't believe you live about faith. I can't believe you're doing God's will. No, 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 no. God just didn't call down to do it and just the uh, people you see on TV do it. No, God called the church to do it for us to all be equipped to do his work and his will to please him. That's what's inside of us. So we won't get so stressed out, so worried, so so much in pain, so much in, in trials and tribulations and headaches and stuff because we keep leaning on our own understanding my god my god my god may he help us may he equip us the way he sees us to be that's the way his church is supposed to be what he desires not our own desires what he has already put inside of us let's get back into the word of god let's go into first corinthians chapter 12 verse 4 through 7 and this is what the word of god says these are different kinds of gifts but the same but the same spirit distributes them there are there are different kinds of services but the same lord there are different kinds of working but in all of them in everyone it is the same god at work now to each one the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good do you know that the holy spirit give you spiritual gifts <laughs> to use on this earth Every believer, including you, be given at least one spiritual gift and usually more than one. If you do not know what your spiritual gifts are, pray for the Holy Spirit to reveal them to you. Inquire at your church about taking a class on spiritual gifts or seeking information about a spiritual test you can take. I can remember the time I took a spiritual test. I took it a couple of times just to make sure it was right. <laughs> but my spiritual gifts is uh, my, 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 my three main spiritual gifts is evangelist, a teacher, and a, um, a giver. Those are my three main gifts. And it, it's all the tests that I took, maybe three tests I took, and they all lined up to that. So yes, we all have spiritual gifts to be used for the body of Christ. God didn't leave no one out. We are all equipped to do his word. So in, like I said, you inquire your church or you can take a spiritual test. You can take the find online. Those tests often help people understand themselves and give them a release to begin functioning in their gifts. And thank the Holy Spirit for giving you the gift. He has chosen and asked him for wisdom on using them. God is completely involved in giving, using and empowering of the gifts. Specific gifts, places of services, and activities varies. But they all have their best effects when they build up the body of Christ, which is the church. God creates a unique place in the body of for every believer, gifts and ministries may overlap, but each believer have a specialized God-designed role. Yes, you have a specialized God-designed role. Quit hindering your gift that God's called you to be. Do you know that that gift that he's put inside of you can touch other people around you? You can affect other people around you. You can touch people with whatever God has gifted you within yourself. Stop thinking that it's less and start to stop thinking about, stop chasing the stuff of the world, but start equipping who he created you to be within yourself. My God. So last scripture that I have, well, not the last scripture, we'll get into it. <laughs> so we're going to go into 2 Corinthians, I mean, not 2 Corinthians, 2 Timothy, um, chapter, 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verse um, 16 through 17. 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verse 16 through 17. Let's look what the word of God says. It says this. 
All scriptures is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so the Bible is not a collection of stories. Fables, myths are merely human ideas about God. It is not a human book. Through the Holy Spirit, God reveals his person and plan to certain believers who wrote down his message for his people. This process is known as inspiration. The writers wrote from their own personal his, um, historical and cultural context. Although they used their own minds, talents, and languages and styles, they wrote what God wanted them to write. Scriptures is completely trustworthy because God was in control of this writing. Its words are entirely authoritative for our faith in life. The Bible is God's breath. Read it and use it, use it teaching to guide your conduct, as I will do the same thing. The whole Bible is God's inspired word, word. Because it is inspired and trustworthy, we should read it and apply it to our lives daily. The Bible is our standards for testing everything else that claims to be true. Let me say that sentence again because it's so important in the times that we live in. We got so much false teaching and so, so many false doctrines. Let's say it again. The Bible is our standards for testing everything that um, else that claims to be true. It is our safeguard against false teaching and our source of guidance of how we should live. It is our, our only source of knowledge about how we can be saved. God wants to show you in me what is true and equip us to live for him. How much time do you spend in God's word? We should read it regularly to discover God's truth and to become confident in your life and faith. We should discover God's truth and become confident in your life in faith. And I had to say that again because I want you to hear that sentence. In our deal for the truth of scriptures, we must never forget its purpose to equip us to do good. That is the purpose of what God has done. He, he has equipped us to do good because without him, we cannot do good. Without him, we are evil. Without him, we are jealous. Without him, we are envy. Without him, we are corrupt. My God. So we should not study God's word simply to increase our knowledge or to prepare us to win an argument. We should study the Bible so that we will know how to do Christ's work. Our knowledge of God's word is not useful unless it strengthens our faith and leads us to do good. You heard that. Let me say this again before I give you this last scripture. Our knowledge of God's word is not useful unless it strengthens our faith and leads us to do good. But I want to read this. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 5, I'm not going to probably get through all of it, but I'm going to try to. It says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word as an official messenger, be ready when the time is right, and even when it is not, keep your senses of urgency, whether the opportunity is favorable or unfavorable. Whether um, convenient or inconvenient, whether welcome or unwelcome, correct those who err in doctrine or behavior. Warn those who sin. Warn those who sin. Exhort and encourage those who are growing towards spiritual maturity with in inexhaustible patience and faithful teaching. For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine and accurate in instructions that challenges them with God's truth, but wanting to have their ears tickled with something pleasing. They will accumulate for themselves many teachers 
one after another, choosing to satisfy their own desires and to support the arrows that hold and will turn their ears away from the truth and will wander off into the midst of man-made fictions and will accept um, the unacceptable. But as for you, be clear-headed in every situation. Stay calm and cool and steady, enduring every hardship without flinching. Do the work of evangelists. Fulfill the duties of your ministry. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to Divine Inspiration. God bless you. Bye.